Hey everybody, welcome to the Coming Out Forums. I'm Dr. Lisa Cook. I am your host. I'm elated today to be sharing with you as our focus is women supporting women getting to their next level by being real and authentic. Here we believe the truth is undisputed. We believe the truth in our lives needs to be shared and as we reveal that truth, we can walk on our purpose and our power. We have so much power waiting for us just for us to tap into it. With that being said, everyone, let's start coming out. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Coming Out Forums. I'm Dr. Lisa Cook, your host. And if you are here, you know that we're in a space where we are talking about women um, walking in their power, walking in their authenticity, and walking in their truth. And so today, we have another conversation that we're going to have today, and I'm really excited about it. And so I want us to kind of think about this um, term that we often hear people talk about when we say life happens, you know, and and indeed each day we wake up, we really don't know what's going to unfold in the day. We, we have our plans, we have our goals, we have things that we want to do, but you know, life happens. And so the question is, is how do we choose to respond when these unexpected, these stressful events, these, you know, unexplainable circumstances arise in our life, you know, you know, and indeed there could be some great days and great experiences, but we're really talking about how do we manage through those unexpected, those things that might leave us negative or depleted, um, those things that have us in crisis mode, like how do we, how do we manage those things? And so we are here today to talk about uh, emotional resiliency, doing your work or doing my work. And we have a great guest today. I'm really excited about her and what she's going to share from her own personal experiences around emotional resiliency and how it looks for her. So get ready to listen and uh, as she gives us the blueprint for how she manages through those unexpected experiences, those crisis moments, those stressful things that happen in her life. And I know it's going to bring us some good food for thought, good things that we can use in our daily life. So with that being said, our guest today is Monica Gary. Monica is a native of Houston. She is considers herself a world traveler. So she's been some places, everybody. She's been around and seen some things. So she has a broad perspective. And that's important when you have these discussions and not just kind of a small, narrow view of life. So she's been around. She's a world traveler. She's a person that makes things happen. Her personal mantra is to lead with kindness. And she holds a bachelor's in business administration and a master's in business administration as well. And she's a certified um, pro-ski change practitioner. I'll let her explain what that is when we start talking about about to her but um her professional career is filled with transforming ideas into reality that has sustainable impact that's so important sustainability i like that um she's the founder and ceo of the plan pro designed to partner with business owners to enhance their governance. Monica is known for creating a to-do list to map out the tasks that, that takes a plan to be successful. She is a mastermind behind the Make It Happen to-do list journal, uh, the little black book to, to keep you on track with your goals and boost your productivity. The journal promotes staying organized and motivating you in order to make things happen, which is what she said. She makes things happen. <laughs> and so Monica has, um, at a young age, you know, delved into the world of not-for-profits and she served as the executive director of a not-for-profit with a mission of positivity, impact that leads teenagers, girls to preparing themselves for the future. So she's always been about 
making things happen. She's always been about, you know, doing things forward thinking uh, and making things go and being productive. So I'm so excited to have her here. But before I introduce her, I also want to give her favorite quote, which is from Maya Angelou, who so somebody I enjoy as well. I've learned that people won't forget, they will forget what you said, but people will not forget what you did and people will not forget how you made them feel. Maya Angelou, yes, yes, yes. I love that. It's so true. So welcome to the Coming Out Forums, Monica, Gary. We're so ha happy to have you here. How are you today? Thank you, Thank you for having me. Um, it's it's always um, so refreshing and also like eye-opening. Like, like when you hear someone like read your bio or tell anybody something about you, it's just always one of those things like, oh goodness, yeah, that that's me. Um, also, it's like, okay, well, whatever happened earlier today doesn't matter because you just hear all those amazing things about yourself. Like, you can go take a nap now. Well, not really. It's the middle, it's the middle of the week. I wish. <laughs> but I'm so happy to be here with you today. Yes. And I'm so thrilled to have you. I'm just really excited about what you're going to offer the listeners, myself, as we walk through this conversation about emotional resiliency. And I think there's really no better time, right, in the state of the affairs of our lives everything that we're going through as women, just as people in the workforce, in our personal lives, having this emotional resiliency, like talking about that and being able to live our lives through this is I think such an important conversation. So I'm really happy that you're gonna offer that to us today. So um, with that being said, I like to just, let's open up this conversation. So I want you to tell me when you think about yourself um, and I know you're a mom and I know you, um, have a, a vibrant career and, uh, and then you just, you know, you're a woman. And so tell me when you think about this conversation, this topic, emotional resiliency, doing my work, what does that really mean to you? So when I think about emotional resiliency and doing my work, like I think for so long, the narrative that I always had in my head is that you just have to be a go-getter. You have to get everything done. You can't complain about it. You, you, you are overachiever. You manage to get things done with little to no support. And you just, you make the, the most of, of every situation. But I realized in that, I was like, I don't know, it was probably like a moment. So my oldest is is a, a preteen. Um, I, I still say he's a preteen, even though he's like, I'm a teenager, but we won't go there. Um, and <laughs> it was somewhere around when he was um, a toddler. And it was just one of those moments of the routine that we're doing is not working. Something yeah. needs to change. Yeah. And I, I recognize that that change needed to happen within myself. And so that's, and that's kind of where my emotional resiliency, like the way I looked at it shifted. It was mm -hmm. no longer about like making it happen, like with little to no resources. And although that may be the reality at times, mm -hmm. it was more so about what is the right balance in this yes. moment? And do I have to do this? Like, is this a necessary what will happen if I don't do that and the resiliency the emotional and it's more so the emotional intelligence part <laughs> that's um that goes more into the resiliency is of knowing it's okay to say no it's okay not to be involved in everything and you don't have to do it by yourself and you don't have to tear yourself down if you for some reason you fail at something or you do yeah. something and it didn't turn out the way you wanted it to or you didn't meet a deadline and giving yourself grace yes. and once I started to look at things that way it was like this 
gigantic like weight lifted off mm-hmm. of me of mm-hmm. like I don't have to carry all of this like I don't have to like you know we all say like hey no one's perfect and we recognize that but like you don't have to carry this kind of like this image of perfection on your back and on your shoulders like you can you can be truly vulnerable and knowing that you know today was a rough day like I don't have to say oh yeah it was a good day or oh yeah I'm doing well like when someone asks me like how are you doing like of course depending on who that person is because you know you share particular things with different people depending on your relationship with them but you you don't have to say oh yeah everything is just all peachy if it's not the case like it's (laughs) tell your truth because if you just continue to say oh I'm fine oh I'm good you just you continue to suppress that and that's what I did I suppressed a lot of things like oh it's okay I'm minimizing I was like oh it's okay like I'll, I'll figure it out oh that happened again all right cool like whatever I'll, I'll, I'll just do it I'll just do yeah. it on my own and it's like but you shouldn't have to yeah. but you also have to address things in order for you to possibly see a change or for you to make some shifts so emotional resilience and how I previously saw it compared to how I see it now is completely different and I'm grateful for this shift in, in the way I, I view it because it's definitely brought me nothing but positive things yeah excellent and so listening to you share for you so we, uh, if we think about those two words, emotional, we think about resilience. And as you started um, started out, you, you started kind of thinking, I hear you speaking about, um, you know, this, the idea was, the idea for us as women, I think, yes. I think the idea for us, um, and even as African-American women, but just as women, um, is that you just keep moving. You just keep dealing. You just keep going. Okay. It, it's a crisis. You know what? But I gotta, <laughs> I gotta make sure there's food on the table. I gotta make sure, you know, the bills are paid. I gotta make sure, you know, everybody's good. I, you know, I don't know if I'm good, but everybody has to be good. I just got to keep moving forward. And and then um, that idea that that was making you strong, that you were just, yeah. you just kept going you know, versus really having a real awareness about, hold on, I'm actually not okay. <laughs> and actually I do need to take a break and actually this might need to wait. And, you know, so really having, I heard you mention that word emotional intelligence and that's so true, having a true awareness, right? Of who we are, what we need, emotional resilience like that whole emotional piece of what do I need what's going on with me like what am I feeling versus resiliency means I just keep building and building it does mean that we recover and we can make it through and we we overcome but there has to be a balance of understanding what's actually happening within my person (laughs) you know my mind my feelings and so I heard you talk about that but I also um liked how you said there was a there was a catalyst there was a moment in time where your that perspective of you changed, and that was about your motherhood, mm-hmm. and when those things, you're like, hey, this is not working for me, and maybe I need to revisit the way I see this for my own self, mm-hmm. and I need to start making some shifts. And so I heard you talk about that was like the those pivotal moment for you, and it'd be different for someone else, right? But for you, it was like I'm a mom, and what I'm doing is not working anymore, and I need to think about this. And so I like the idea of awareness and like the idea of being able to see what's happening in my world. And that's allowing me to shift in how I view this thing, emotional resiliency. But I wanted to take, take a, take a, go back to something I heard you talk about, which I think is really important as, uh, as we think about this thing of emotional uh, resiliency. And you talked about, uh, I think it says perfection, not being perfection or not having having perfection or having grace. I want to take a, take a, let's just dig in that for a minute. Tell me a little bit about that, what that means for you. 
for me, that means like you you set a goal and you want to hold yourself accountable, but you also want to be mindful that, you know, sometimes things happen and you may need to make an adjustment to that plan. It's not saying that you're giving up on it. It's not saying that you're just throwing in a towel. And sometimes that, it could be that, but it's more so like you being kind to yourself, like just how you want to be like my personal mantra is to meet people with kindness. Like mm-hmm. just how I want to meet people with kindness. I also want other people to meet me with kindness, but I have to first meet myself with kindness. I have yeah. to I have to be kind with myself and I'm very big on mantras. I'm very big on quotes and just making sure you have positive things around you because the first thing you'll see on your phone can be something extremely negative. Like you see, we, we see and hear more negative things than positive things. And I know I can control um, seeing more positive things in my life based off of how I set, set my day up. So I like to um, make sure that I am, filling my own cup with kindness and grace can look can be in so many different forms like a very simple one is it was when I like it was like I don't know it's like something like this like this light switch went off of one day I was like Monica you know some of the simplest thing of you don't have to put up those clothes today. Like you don't have to strain yourself and put up those clothes after you have done what 50, 11 million other things in this day. It'll be okay if you go to sleep with clothes on your couch that's clean the world is still going to be moving it's going to be okay and it's the smallest things like that where it's like huh it is okay who told me i had to do this on the same day like like why why did i why why was there guilt why was there shame like why did i feel as if i wasn't accomplishing something if i didn't put the clothes up on the same day that they got taken out of the dryer and it's those small things that just turn into these bigger things and it just puts things in perspective of wait what is the why behind this like why do i do that or is there a reason for this or do i even know okay, well, let's try to figure it out. And so it's, I've always been a very inquisitive person. And of course, like as a child, like you, you know, you kind of just go with the flow, like even being an inquisitive child, like you may not get all of the answers and things and internet wasn't really a thing when I was growing up. So it was like, I couldn't ask Dr. Google for my questions (laughs) or go to the library and look up all these things. So it was like in adulthood, it was like one of the most profound things of being able to say okay like I get to write this story for me and my family and I get to figure out like well why do we do this like what what does what does good look like for us and and what does it not and that can shift every day too and that within itself that's another um form of grace making sure that you know that you can be nimble and things can change and it doesn't have to be the way that you plan even as someone who is very big on planning. I also recognize that plants change. Yeah. Um, plants change all of the time. And if you don't anticipate a change within your plan, then you're setting yourself up for failure because yeah. it's going to change. Something That's that- excellent. That's excellent. I think as I think about the idea of um, what you're saying, but as I think about what you were saying, you know, reciprocity. So reciprocity, you said, and um, I'm I'm gonna operate in this principle of kindness 
but I, but my expectation of my principle of kindness is that it's going to flow back to me. And so as I operate in this expectation of kindness outwardly, not only does it flow back to me from someone else, but it flows back to me from, to me, from me. <laughs> I am the person who also is going to give myself kindness. I am the person who's also going to give myself grace, right? And so I'm not just going to expect it to come from here. It's going to also come internally within myself. And I love the idea of, you know what? Um, maybe just sitting down resting is a, is a moment of grace, <laughs> you know, just, you know, just taking a breath, right. Just like, you know what, hold on, you know, this is something I'm going to give, give myself this gift. Right. And so I liked the idea of thinking about in our emotional resiliency, grace, but how does that look for me? It's not, it, it may look different and it may be something like you said, not putting those clothes away out, out the dryer, not folding them at that moment in time, or it may mean that, you know what? I might leave a dish in the sink. <laughs> you know, I might, heaven forbid, not, you know, make sure all those dishes are put away, you know, at the after dinner. So there's things that we can think about, right, in our lives that we can give ourselves opportunities for grace. I think it comes back to, and you mentioned it earlier, but as I'm listening to you share and um, want to offer to our audience is this idea of self-discovery. Self-discovery within me, self-discovery within my world, like your family. You said, what is what what works for my family? Right. Like this is what, what's going to be best for my family. And so self-discovery is another piece of this idea of grace because I'm discovering what's good for me. Right. right? Did you agree with that? I, I absolutely agree with that. And but self-discovery is is a definitely a um a very tough process mm -hmm. because you're having to look yourself in the mirror, recognize, like recognizing flaws is one thing, but then doing work to try to go in and modify. And it doesn't even have to be a flaw. It just could be just more so like gaining understanding on as to why you do what you do as to why, as to why you, um, you're a Christian, like understanding that, or it can be as to why you prefer HB over Kroger, or it could be, it could be a multitude of things. And I'm sorry, I said, I use Texas based grocery stores in there. <laughs> I was going to ask you, I know Kroger, <laughs> but I don't know HB, but <laughs> like, it could be a multitude of things. It's just yeah. more so exploring and learning and knowing more about you. Like, um, like I, you, you just, you don't want to, you don't want to not know enough about yourself because how can you expect someone else to treat you um, to the way that you want if you yourself don't know what that is? Yeah, ex um, excellent, excellent point. I think that the idea here, when you think about um, self-discovery, as you noted, it, it is, it is a picture of, of digging within yourself. I call it re retrospective reflective analysis. You know, I was in my, when I was in my doctorate program, Monica, it was, uh, you know, you had to do all this research, right? You have to do all this, you know, you got to study. You gotta, and I thought one day I was, I was doing through my own kind of clinical work and knowing myself and discovery. And, um, and I was like, oh, you know what? I'm, I'm the research project and I'm going to do <laughs> my own research on me. Like the whole point, why do I do what I do? Why am I showing up to where I am? And so it's like this whole idea of retrospective, reflective analysis. I need to do the analysis on myself. Exactly what you just said. Look within and ask yourself these tough questions. And sometimes you may not want to face those pieces of yourself, but when you do, right? <laughs> when you do, you come out actually more resilient. You come out a little bit more emotionally stable, right? Because you are aware of who you are and what you need and how you think and how you thrive and things like that. So no, you're 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 dead on with this idea. Self-discovery is work. It's not something you just can be like, oh yeah, I got it all. I figured it all out. It does take some digging into. So 
I love that part of it. Let me ask you, um, we talked about just kind of doing the idea of clinical work. And so have you delved into the clinical work, into the therapy and things like that? Has that been a part of your journey with your emotional resiliency? It definitely has. It definitely has. For over a decade, I have um, been actively in therapy. Um, I, I will say therapy within itself has been a journey um, in different lanes, um, a journey within finding, okay, wh who, what's the right therapist for me? And it, is it the right therapist for me at this time in my life? And um, so that within itself um, was was a, is a journey, but then also like the work of, you know, being comfortable with being vulnerable and expressing your concerns, your fears, um, answering tough questions, asking yourself mm -hmm. tough questions, mm -hmm. doing the homework yeah. after <laughs> therapy. Like, I didn't know that was a thing yeah. until, I, I, um, until I got connected to this one therapist and I was with her for some time and I switched over to this other one. And it was like, oh my goodness, like, because different therapists can help you with different things based yes. off of their specialty. And um, I want to make sure I'm co continuously to evolve uh, as a person. And I, I, I thoroughly enjoy therapy. I'm definitely an advocate of it. Um, even for, even for my children, for my, for my boys who are teens, teenagers, preteens, I put them in therapy and it's not because of a particular issue like people and like and I had to explain this to people sadly because they people look at this not necessarily all people but some of the people in in my circle in my life their their view of therapy is like you go to therapy because you're trying to fix a problem and they're like well Monica what's the problem that you're trying to fix I'm like I'm not trying to fix a problem I, I recognize the value of therapy and I recognize that it's something that everyone if you have if if it's something that you're able to afford if it's something that you have access to it's a beautiful value add to your life and I was like I am raising black men in America and why would I not give them this tool that they can put in their toolkit so yes. they can be prepared for success in the best way possible I was like it's going to be one of many other tools but I was like why wouldn't I put them like why not Put my children in therapy. <laughs> that was my question to them. But therapy, so so that was a long-winded answer of of my yes. Um, very much so. Um, still still active in therapy. I'm an advocate for it. Um, have learned a lot of things. I actually have um, uh, an assignment right now where it's definitely what was that, the phrase you used? Um, retrospective. Oh, retrospective reflective analysis yes which, <laughs> which I, I can definitely see the tie that from my therapist that she has me doing and what she's like um, it's like a daily journal of something that happened in my day like something that was like really great about it something that was bad about it and she's having me go through like different steps of um, different questions and answering them and trying to see if there's a pattern in how I respond to things, a pattern in how my days are going, uh, just, just in general, and just to really process through that. And, and like, cause in full transparency, um, I, I have, um, anxiety and my anxiety, um, it flares for different reasons. And so just trying to really just get to the, the, like what's what's the root of my anxiety? Yeah. So we're we're doing um a lot of that. And um when you said it, I was like, oh, this is in a way connected to this assignment <laughs> that I'm currently doing. <laughs> but it's 
very eye-opening because I'm learning a lot about myself and it's like oh that's why I do that yeah oh that's, oh, that's why that happened oh I get it now hmm, maybe maybe I should schedule maybe between 1 and 2 p.m is not the best time for me to have um, a group meeting or for me to be in person with people because this is typically around the time where this happens and like for me like and you know just just using that as a very random scenario because that's not my case but just the more you know about yourself yeah. the more you're able to better set yourself up for success and you're able to just truly love and embrace who you are um and also like be unapologetic about it be able to say like I'm not being selfish for taking time for me I'm taking time for me because this is what I need I'm taking time to spend time with my children instead of folding up clothes or I'm taking time to spend time away from my children because that's what we need or I'm taking time to go on a vacation or I'm taking time to go work out because that's what my body needs and just knowing like what you need is so important. It's so important. <laughs> and it's not selfish. This idea of focusing on yourself is selfish. Like that was a narrative that I heard, you know, growing up. Like, is that if you're taking time to just focusing on you, 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 you're being selfish. And it was like, that's one side of the coin. It's but if you don't take care of you, how can you be good for anybody else? I 100% agree. I 100% And I, I think, because I'm, we, there's a couple things I want to say, because I'm excited about what you're saying. And because um, leading us to one of the other questions, but when I, um, as a clinician myself, and and that I'm a clinician, a, a clinical licensed professional counselor, but I also use therapy because why not? Because as you continue to, as an individual, we're always evolving and always growing. Um, but the idea of that, that reflective, uh, retrospective reflective analysis to you, what your therapist is having you work on is about being able to go back and see what you just said, the themes, but, and then connecting, which I call reconnecting to the emotions. Like what we're talking about emotional resiliency, right? And how can we do the work we need to, you got to understand yourself understand how your emotions are connected to these things that happen, whether it's something that it's uncontrollable coming at you or you control yourself. You gotta be able to connect your emotions. Why am I responding this way? What does this mean? What did I say to myself? What meaning did I give to this situation, right? That allows me to evoke this emotion with inside of me that then I start reacting, responding, thinking a certain way. And so it's such a connective thread as you were describing, Monica, but I hope for our listeners as we're talking about how we can operate in emotional resiliency a part of this piece as we're talking through right now is really about knowing yourself and understanding what your past patterns or reactions or things that happened in your life or you, by, or that you did, how it connects to your present day, how you show up present day. And the messages that you give to yourself back then, maybe still operating today because you haven't had a chance to understand them for one, <laughs> you know, and so you're just reacting versus kind of moving through it in a way that's uh, proactive and really present with whatever's happening in your life. And so hundred percent And I, I, the next question I was kind of going to, as you were kind of talking through is the idea of vulnerability. And I really see, I had to learn this Monica over growth and life. Right. But that, cause I used to really think that vulnerability was a weakness, mm-hmm. but as I understood, as I, as I grew in my womanhood, as, a, as I matured emotionally, spiritually, and all those things, I understood that if my ability to be vulnerable 
Like my ability to be raw and authentic and true really is my strength. That's really my superpower. <laughs> it's not a thing that makes me weak because I'm really owning who I am. I'm true in, to my emotions and what's going on. And so when we think about this conversation and emotional resiliency and vulnerability, you, you've mentioned it a couple of times. And so um, I want to just kind of ask you, you know, when you think about that, what's your view of that? Like, do you feel that vulnerability is a weakness or a strength? What, what's your thoughts to that? I love what you have mentioned and and like before you got to that question and how it's not a weakness. Being vulnerable is not a weakness. Crying is not a weakness. Mm -hmm. Feeling your feelings, feeling your emotions is not a weakness because when you don't feel your emotions, when you suppress them, when you ignore them, you're hurting your own self. And for me, being vulnerable is a natural part of life. It's a natural part of life. Like just how at some point your body gets tired and you need to go to sleep, your body is going to feel emotions and you need to be able to feel the emotions. Now, whether or not now, now that down that feeling your emotions is different than um, just, you know, saying, well, I'm just going to lash out every time I'm upset about something. That's not what I'm saying. And what I'm saying is if you are having a, a discussion with someone and you recognize that what is being said is hurtful, then don't try to tell yourself, oh, them words don't matter. Sticks and stones can break my bones, but words can never hurt. Like whatever that one saying that was, that was said a long time ago. We're growing up, exactly. Why did we say that? Do like, not deal with our emotions. Words do hurt. Words I know. do hurt. Words have meaning. Exactly. Words have meaning. And um, what's funny is, um, my 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 dad he jokes with me um because like before i even say it now he says it because my dad is definitely one of those dads who who like say things that's like that like why would you even say that like words have meaning so like before i even say words have meaning he's like i know monica words have meaning i apologize like let me let me rephrase but it's like words are very powerful and mm -hmm. if we aren't mindful of that and we are and, and we are lying to ourselves to say mm -hmm. oh that didn't hurt my feelings but it truly did you're lying to yourself. You're not being kind to yourself. Exactly. So, or to me, being vulnerable, it's not me being weak. It's me being human, me, be yes. me recognizing how I feel in that moment. And now how I respond, how I, how I express my vulnerability is going to be different in every environment. But mm -hmm. at the end of the day, I'm not going to lie to myself. I'm not going to yes. lie and say, oh, that, that didn't hurt. Mm -hmm. no, no, it hurt. No, <laughs> exactly. And the truth of the matter is when we live in that falsehood of saying something didn't hurt us, it will come back up somewhere else. The emotions have to come for either they're going to come up in your physicality, the stress in your body, the anxiety that you feel within your spirit, right? Or, or your mind, or it's going to come outward in a in the place where they're like, why is she like snapping over something, <laughs> something that's so minor? Because it's there and you, it, 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 we, our body, our minds require us to move through our emotions in a way that we learn to do it in a healthy, functional way. But if we just tell ourselves that the words you just said to me didn't hurt my feelings, it's going to come up somewhere. And so, or, or it's going to come up in your body. And so you're so on point. And so I want to, as I, as our audience is listening to this conversation, what we're tracking through is Monica's journey emotional resiliency, but we're also leaving you some, a blueprint we talked about earlier for how you can apply this for yourself. And so we went through, you know, understanding like who I am and that, that uh, my self-discovery myself and the work it takes to get there and, and understand what is that pivotal moment in your life that says, I've, 
you know, hold on. It's not about me just making it happen or doing everything because I have to know. I have to take space to understand what I need and how I'm processed through this. And my resiliency is not built on me just moving, moving, moving and never stopping to analyze myself. And then, you know, and then the other piece of that is where is the grace that I give to myself? Where's the kindness that I offer myself um, as I understand my emotional resiliency for me. And it may look different in your home that it's going to look in Monica's home and my home. But the point we're trying to say here that emotional resiliency is something we all want to be able to embrace and get to in a way that's functional, right? <laughs> that works for us and that we can move through this. And then vulnerability is a part of this equation. And so I think for women, and I want to say for Black women who have had to be strong for everybody, vulnerability may be a word that that we shy away from or we like you know put the you know the uh the you know the sign up we don't want we don't want any part of that but truly i want us ladies to hear this vulnerability is our superpower if we can understand how to navigate through that we're able to be more uh, resilient in our emotions every day and so uh anything else you want to add to that point monica as we on this part of the conversation anything else you want to add no nothing else for me Okay. But let me, you, you told me earlier that you're a person of quotes. I am too. And so one of the things I wanted to ask you is like, tell me um, some of the daily mantras that allow you to continue to thrive in this emotional resilient state. What are some of the ones that you carry um, that you can offer to our audience today? Um, one is stop comparing yourself to others. Mm. Um, and just, you know, keeping that as, and that could apply to so many different things um, to stop comparing myself, like in my career journey to someone else's career journey, to the way I parent, to the way someone else's parenting, to way anything, just don't stop comparing it. And then mm -hmm. also reminding myself, yes, I can. Um, yeah. If, if I, if the idea thought came through my mind, if I, if, if God has um, shared it with me, I can do it. Um, and maybe there wasn't someone who's done it before, or maybe it hasn't been done um, previously in this way, but I can, I can do it. I can do it. I can figure it out. Um, and then also, yes, I can say no. So <laughs> <laughs> yes, I can decline invite to go to Thanksgiving this year because I don't want to deal with it. I, you can, you, mm -hmm. you have an option, unpopular <laughs> opinion. And I love Thanksgiving and I love my family. But if, if I feel as if that day, like, all right, my battery is already low and going around people is not going to be a good thing for me and my family, it's a no, unpopular <laughs> opinion. I know. And as a, in the black, in the black family, it's like, mm -hmm. oh, no, we can't mm -hmm. do that. We, we exactly. just got to shut up. You better show up. It's like, but who are you showing up for? Exactly. Are you showing up to please someone else? Mm -hmm. Or are you showing up because this is where you really want to be? Like I for me, I, I never want people to do things out of obligation unless it was like it's like mandatory, mandatory. Mm -hmm. And and it, but it's like when it comes to like fun and family like you don't want to force things you want things to be able to happen you yeah. want people to be able to enjoy themselves and if you recognize that people that you keep inviting to functions are not attending then it's that okay well maybe it's something that's happening with me like maybe mm -hmm. it's, maybe it's going back to that Maya Angelou quote of well how did I treat this person like how mm -hmm. did I what was the impression that I left upon them so 
I, I think um, those are definitely some of the mantras and sure, I yeah, a little yeah. bit of ramble, but. Um, <laughs> no, I got them. You know, I like, I like the idea too here when you think about um, the idea of, yes, I can say no. And I think when we just talked that whole thing of family, because emotional resiliency and the thing of saying no to either family or boundaries with relationships across the scope, right, is understanding what things are good for your spirit and what things are not good for your spirit. And mm -hmm. sometimes even when the course of whether it's a family relationship or, you know, a friendship or what our acquaintances, some of those, those relationships are not good for you. And so when you can understand that as you grow and know yourself, right. And understand your needs, you recognize that, you know what? Yes, I can say no, because for me, emotionally, <laughs> for me to continue to move in the way I want to move and be healthy, I'm, I'm going to have to step it back from that. I'm, I'm not going to be able to do that. And that's a boundary that you put for yourself, right? Um, for your family, if that's the case, so that you can continue to be in the best space to space that you want to be, you know? So I, I love, yes, I can say no. And yes, I can. If I, <laughs> if I want to, I can do this too. So it's so true. Those are great mantras. And the thing about that, when I, I'm thinking about when you say those things to yourself, that's an internal dialogue, right? You have it, you say it outwardly, but you've already within your mind said, talk to yourself through that, you know, what are some things that you say internally, Monica, before you get to, yes, I can, or yes, I can say no. What's the conversation internally that you may have around this as well? It's definitely, what's the reason for this? What are you going to gain out of it? What's going to happen if you don't? Does it happen? Does it have to happen today? Hmm. Like, those are some of the things that I'm asking myself, like, what's the purpose, the meaning? What are we getting from this? Um, and from from there, those kind of guide my decision in a, in a way. But those are definitely yeah. three, four core questions that I ask myself. Excellent. Excellent. We've been talking through this conversation about emotional resiliency and um, doing your work. And as you can hear in this conversation, this is a intentional um, thing that you have to do all the time. And earlier you mentioned language. And I do agree that language is so powerful for emotional wellness, just for us as people. And so when we think about the idea about language, I want you to offer our listeners any insights on how to make sure from the emotional resiliency perspective, what kind of language would you offer or encourage them to say um, in, and how they engage with themselves or with one other people? I would say when you're engaging with other people is that be okay with asking for um, for clarity um, and saying, well, what, what did you mean by that? Or um, could you tell me more about why you feel that that's true? Um, th like phrasing things in questions is definitely one way, one tactic that I take when having conversations with other people, especially when it's, when it comes with conflict. And then for me personally, um, I ask myself, okay, well, Monica, well, what's the facts here? What's mm -hmm. the facts? Um, what are your feelings here? Mm -hmm. what, what is it that you can actually do about any of this and, and move on with it <laughs> instead of continuing to, because I, I have definitely, um, like in, in this self-work, I've recognized that I will, I will sit and dwell on something. I will replay something over and over and over again. It's like, but for why? 
Why, why do you keep replaying this in your head over and over? Like, what are you about to do with it? Nothing. All right, let it go. Drop it. Drop it at the door. Let it go. Stop being a bag lady. Let it go. Let it go and move on. Um, and it's not like let it go as if it was like stopping me in my tracks, but it was just more so letting it go because it was taking up, it was occupying space in my mind, yes. occupying um, my thought pattern. And it's like, but you're not doing anything with this. This isn't mm-hmm. going anywhere. So just let's move on to the next thing on your list because you know you got a long list. Like let's just keep <laughs> moving. Excellent stuff. I, I like excellent. I like that, and that's good for us as we hear because sometimes in 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 spaces in our lives we can what we call ruminate. We can stay we can stay somewhere too long. <laughs> and when we stay there too long, as you just said, we're 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 occupying too much of our time and our energy. We're giving too much power to something that there's nothing we can do with it. There's nothing we can we can't control. We can't change it. It's already happened. Whatever it is, we have to have the, the give ourselves permission to let it go. Right to let it go in the sense of that it doesn't take up our time and energy. You know, you have offered some great things. I'm going to ask two more questions as before as we close out. <clears throat> Um, and I think you've already might have said it, but maybe something else in there. I always ask my audience, my my interviewees, people on my podcast, so what is the truth that you want us to know that you feel like it's like something that really is going to help someone in this idea of their journey in life, particularly around emotional resiliency? What is what is the truth? Is there anything out in there that you want to share? Oh, that is a very good question. I will say that I'll I'll go, I'll I'll rephrase something I said earlier. Definitely self-work is tough work, but it's work that is rewarding. Um, It may be, it may be emotional, extremely emotional, but it is one of the greatest gifts you can give yourself to just really learn more about yourself and figure out where do you want to go? Like, where do you want to um, pivot and maybe you don't want to pivot, like, but it's just learning more about yourself is a beautiful gift. Um, so invest the time is necessary. Another thing is journaling. And I know we, we think it takes a lot of our, a lot of time, but when you journal, you're able to go back and really see the patterns. Like we take photos on our phones and things of that nature, but if we don't note down things that come to mind or things that, um, just you know, rub us the wrong way, things that like we're grateful for, we can lose sight of those things. And so, uh, and sometimes our mind won't bring those thoughts back together. So journaling is another thing that has definitely helped me evolve throughout my journey. Uh, and then another thing is just, sometimes you have to sit and be still. Sometimes you have to sit and pause and, and to think and to truly just give yourself a moment to feel all of the things and not and fourth thing is to not overwhelm your schedule Mm -hmm. not to just be jam-packed and just to be on the go and busy 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 you have to make time for you to just chill and not for you to sit and like um let me sit and go watch a movie or sit and go work out like for you to like do nothing for you to have like at least 30 minutes a week and if not sometimes more of like nothing for yourself so you can just sit and meditate and process and whatever that looks like and feels good for you but you need time for you every week um and if you can allow for it every day you need you need time for you 
uninterrupted time for you, whether it's five minutes or there's 30 minutes, but you need time for you. Yeah, excellent stuff. And so when you think about um, this process of just being able to do your work, um, really investing in yourself, there's nothing wrong with investing in other people, but you are the, you know, you are the primary figure here in your life. <laughs> and so you have to find ways to invest in yourself. And so when investing in yourself and part of this is doing that self internal work, and it's a continual process because as you, as you learn one thing about yourself, there's another opportunity to learn something else. And so you keep just raising the bar, right? And learning something else and something new. And and then I love the idea of writing. I'm a writer. I have a book. I write. I'm actually working on something else. Now, I love to write. And then I just, but I write notes to myself all the time, as you know, to hear uh, anything that comes, I'm like, oh, I, I need to write that down because I want to have, I want to go back and reflect on what, it, what, it, what I was trying to say or what I, the thought that came up. So I agree with that idea. You also can see the progression of yourself when you go back and look, things you wrote maybe a year ago to five months ago, you know, to two or three days ago. So I think it's a great, that's a great tool. And, and uh, it's a beautiful idea and really good practice to just be able to sit in a room and just do nothing. Yes. It, it, it's really refreshing. And it, I think it, for, for me, Monica, I would say, for me, when I make those, when I do that for myself, it really brings it back to a space of gratitude. Mm -hmm. Like I can really be like so reflective and so thankful. And I just be like, oh, wow. You know, <laughs> life isn't as bad as I thought it was, you know, because I'm just sitting here <laughs> just saying, oh, this is really, I have all this. Oh, thank you, God. You know, just reflecting right. on the goodness, right? And just sitting there. So I, those are wonderful, wonderful nuggets of truth for us to take and, um, you know, giving yourself what you need. And so as we close out, um, our, my last question is, what makes you laugh? What brings you joy in your life? Oh, what makes me laugh? What brings me joy? So many things. I would say the simplest things of being able to spend time with the people that I love, like, and it's like just in a very laid back environment and just being able to love on one another and mm. Like that, that truly brings me joy. Like being able to spend time with, with my people. I, I love it. Yeah. <laughs> excellent. Excellent. So ladies and gentlemen, if you're listening, um, this has been Monica Gary and she has brought us um, some wonderful insights on her own journey around emotional resiliency, doing her work. And um, as we listen through, it hopefully gives you some tidbits and some uh, blueprint, as we noted earlier, for you to do your own work around emotional resiliency. And I'm so grateful for her to come and share. She has been transparent. She has been vulnerable. She has shared some things with us today about her life and how she navigates through this. And I want to leave you all with this. There's a, there's, there's a clinical view of how you manage through. But and I think that what I heard her say, she talked about the things coping. We cope. How do we cope with life? She talked about that. <laughs> she talked about how you take time for yourself. You give grace to yourself. How do you be optimistic? That's another part of the clinical view of emotional resiliency. And she talked about those mantras, those quotes, um, saying those positive things to yourself, um, being able to believe in yourself, self-efficacy. She highlighted, you know, she's already a person that believes in herself. She's about making it happen, <laughs> but she believes in herself enough and know that she has to go to clinical, do clinical work. And she knows that she has to set boundaries for herself. So she believes in what she's trying to do for herself. And this idea of emotional resiliency, a sense of humor, find spaces of laughter and joy 
Jewel. And she talked about that too, as we close out her last question. And then hope. I heard all through her conversation um, today that she's hopeful. She's hopeful about who she is, hopeful about what the future will bring because she knows that she's working through all these things um, for herself. And then spirituality, you know, you have to have faith in yourself. Hopefully you have faith in God or somewhat that you believe in to, you know, be, to guide you through, to propel you through in those tough moments of life. But this has been a wonderful conversation. I so appreciate you sharing with us today. And so for your listeners today, I hope that you again have given something that will help you in your journey and monica are you on social media any place that they can follow you or anything like that that you're interested in? i am um they can follow me i believe on all platforms i'm listed as the plan pro so t-h-e plan pro excellent so follow her there on the plan pro and uh Come back and tune into us next time. This has been Dr. Lisa Cook at the Coming Out Forums. As I always say, peace. As always, we thank you for listening to the Coming Out Forums. It's now your opportunity to do one of three things. Share, subscribe, and leave a comment for us. Let us know how the Coming Out Forums is impacting your life. We'd love to hear from you. As I always say, peace.